Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. Today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. You can support the show on a one-time basis by mail to Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913, that's 15913, Boise, Idaho, 83715. You can also become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month, by going over to patreon.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it is time for this week's episode of Tales of the Texas Rangers. The original air date, November 18th, 1951, and the title is Wild Crop. The National Broadcasting Company presents Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. From Hollywood, another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles. And 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. From the files of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, Wild Crop. It is 7.30 p.m. a Saturday night in October 1947. In the fields near Burrowville, West Texas, two men stand in the darkness beneath a cluster of button willows. What'd you say we light up, Whitey? Later. I only want to take a few drags. Later, I said. Stick that button matches back in your pocket. All right, Whitey. You don't have to get tough about it. Then don't make me tell you things twice. What time is it? How do I know? You got my watch, along with everything else. You act right tonight, and I may give it back to you. You sure Jennings come this way? Of course I'm sure. Path through here is the shortest way from the ranch to my house. What time was your sister expecting him? Between 7.30 and 8. That's when he always comes. We'll make him a little late tonight. We'll make him nice and pretty for her. You can't keep him away from her, but maybe I can. What's so hot about a stinking cowpoke? Don't ask me. Ask sis. You getting smart, bud? I'm just telling you. Well, maybe you better stop telling me, unless you want to give up smoking. I can get it someplace else. From who? You not only don't know where to get the stuff, you wouldn't have the money to buy it. I can do without it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I heard a lot of hemp smokers say that. You need marijuana and I need your sister. And don't forget it. You told Shut me up. you... Somebody's coming. Yeah. Jennings? It must be. 
He's the only one comes this way, I reckon. Other hands go the other way, to town in the ranch pickup. Remember what I told you. Just do like I said. Hey, what are them things you're putting on your hands? Brass knuckles. Look, I, I thought you said you was just going to fight. That's all, bud. You could kill a guy with them things. Let me worry about that. But I tell you, quiet. He'll hear you. All right, bud. Get him off that horse. Jennings? Oh, boy. Oh. Who's that? Me. Bud? Yeah. Where are you? Right here. I want to talk to you. All right. Stay here, boy. Well, you look like you've been waiting here for me. I have. Where do you think you're going, Jennings? That's kind of a silly question, ain't it, bud? I'm going to call on your sister. I don't think so. And you're thinking ain't what it should be. Why don't you grow up? I told you to stay away from her. I just wait for her to tell me that. Now I'm going to tell you something. If you ever again lay a hand on her for saying me like I got a hunch you did once, I'm going to have you topping cotton from here to Houston. You want to start something? But if you weren't Mary's brother, I'd kick your teeth in. Oh, kid, why don't you grow up? Your sister's a big girl. We're going to get married soon. You and me are going to be in the same family whether we like it or not. I love her. I'm not going to hurt her. You're doing right, you ain't. Because you ain't even going to see her anymore. Starting right now. If you think you're going to stop me, bud, here's your chance to stop trying. Well, that suits me fine. Come on, you sneaky little... No! no! <laughs> you lousy... Get in this, Whitey! Don't worry, boy. I'm coming out. Oh, you too, huh, Whitey? Yeah, me too. Come on, Whitey. <laughs> Give it to him, Whitey. He cut my mouth. Kill him. Yeah, Go you on, like Whitey. it, Jennings? Come on, I got more. Give it to yeah. him. You got something on your head. I got these. You're crazy. And these. Uh, he cut my mouth. Stop whining. Help me pick him up and stand him against that tree. What for? You want him running to the sheriff? Stand him up there. We started this. Let's finish it. <laughs> The body of Pete Jennings was discovered the following day when other ranch hands started a search for him after finding his horse grazing while fully saddled. The sheriff was summoned and he in turn requested the immediate aid of a Texas ranger. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned. Bodies in them button willows right ahead, Jace. A couple of my deputies are there with it. Did you tell them not to tromp around? They're experienced men. Good. When did you say the ranch hands saw Jennings last? Last night. Had his chuck with him, then rode out. Night riding? What for? Oh, he wasn't working. He was on his way to see a girl. Been going steady with Mary Adams. He always go courting on a horse? Well, he didn't have no car. Besides, the ranch road to the Adams place is no bargain. <laughs> Reckon it was the easiest way for him to get there. I see. Uh, those your men? Yeah, I staked them around the grove to keep people out. The place was kind of crowded this morning when the J.P. was here. Looks like they shoot everybody off. Howdy, fellas. Oh, hi. Right in through here, Jace. There's a little path. Yeah, I see it. Oh, oh. Right there we are. Oh, oh, charcoal. Not very pleasant to look at. No. When we first come out here this morning, I thought maybe it was an accident. Maybe his horse threw him or he hit a branch or something. No. One look around here kills that idea. I know. Dead leaves on the ground. No rocks. Nothing he could have hit that hard. Whatever his face met up with was plenty hard. Flesh laid open to the bones, jaw and nose smashed. 
Any of the other ranch hands ride this way last night? Nope. Are you sure about that? I checked. All but one of them rode into town on the pickup. I know where they all were. I'll show you the statements later. You said one hand stayed. Yeah, but he never left the bunkhouse. You make sure of that? <laughs> I didn't have to, Jace. He's in bed with a broken leg. He's been there two weeks. I uh, guess we can count him out then. Any money on the body? No, but this outfit pays once a month on the 15th. That's two days off. Cowpokes all figure to be broke. It'd be a big surprise if they weren't. The whole fight must have taken place right around here in a circle about ten feet. Why? The leaves are all ground apart. Other patches haven't been disturbed much. Hey, wait a second. Another spot over here. Yeah, not much here. Not like the other spot. A couple of leaves are stained here. Might be blood. Pretty far from the body, Jace. Leaves over there stained a lot more. Yeah, I know. You find any signs of pony tracks around the grove? Too many. Most of the ranch hands were around here this morning when the body was found. They were all mounted. Then I brought my boys in, too. I guess that'd wipe out any tracks that might have been around. We'll have a look to make sure. Couldn't be helped, Jace. Oh, I know that, Sheriff. I wasn't being critical. Where are they going to go over the body? At the funeral home in Burrowville. Medical examiner's waiting for us to bring the body in. Better have somebody move it in on a buckboard. I sent for one. Good. I want to get a couple of jars for my saddlebag. Jars? Yeah. I want to take samples of those stained leaves around the body and in that other spot. Oh. Well, why from both places, though? Takes at least two men to make a fight, Sheriff. No rule says that one of them has to do all the bleeding. I packed the samples of bloody leaves and got them off to the Austin lab by plane. The medical examiner's autopsy on Jennings' body showed that Jennings had been beaten to death with an object or objects of metallic hardness. The sheriff and I left the examination room and we came around the side of the funeral home. We looked through the glass window. Two people were in the waiting room, a man and a woman. The woman was crying. Who are they? Through the window there. Mary Adams and her brother Bud. She the one you said Pete Jennings was on his way to see when he got killed? Yeah. You want to talk to her? She might be able to give us a motive for the killing. We need one badly. She looks pretty broken up. I know, but this can't wait. Murders like this cool off too quickly unless you stay right on them. I can't fight that. Come on. Oh, sis, please. You've got to get a hold of yourself. Howdy, bud. Mary. Oh, howdy, Sheriff. Uh... This here is Ranger Pearson. Uh, Jace is Mary Adams and her brother Bud. Howdy, Howdy, howdy ma'am. Hello. like to ask you a few questions, ma'am. Well, Look, I know you got a job to do, Ranger, but do you have to talk to her now? You think I would if it wasn't necessary? Well, you see the shape she's in. Pete Jennings isn't in very good shape either, Bud. Mary may give us the help we need to get the man who killed him. She can tell you what you want to know later. No, it's, it's all right, but I, I might as well talk to them now. Thank you, ma'am. When can I see him? Why do I have to wait here? Well, it'll be a while yet, Mary. The doctor had to look him over first. Uh, maybe you better just talk to us and then go on no, home. No, no. I, I, I want to stay here. What do you want to know? Uh, Pete Jennings have any trouble with anybody you know about, ma'am? I mean, was there bad blood between him and anybody? Pete? Well, no, he was a quiet fella. He ever in any trouble with the law? Anything like that? No. You mean not that he ever told you about it? Don't you start that again, Bud. Uh, just a minute, ma'am. What do you mean by that, Bud? Nothing. Then why'd you say it? 
Talk up. I told you it was nothing. He just never liked Pete, that's all. Well, he's dead now. Why can't you leave him alone? I had nothing against him. I just didn't want him hanging around you, that's all. Maybe you'd better Excuse me, Sheriff. Maybe this isn't the time to talk to Miss Adams after all. We'll wait until later. All right. If you say so, Jake. Sorry to bother you, ma'am. Come on, Sheriff. Now, what was the idea of that, Jace? Thought you wanted to talk to her. I think I'd rather talk to her brother. Bud? Yeah. He seems to know something that she can't or won't tell us. He might talk more freely if she isn't around to argue with him. He's looking up now. He sees us out here. Signal him to come out. Right. He got it. He's coming now. Let's walk down a ways so she can't see us. You signaled me to come out? Yeah. I wanted to get you away from your sister. Keep from upsetting her any further. I appreciate that. What were you going to say in there about Pete Jennings? Oh, I don't know. He's dead. Don't seem right to talk about him. Must have been some reason you objected to him seeing Mary. Would you want your sister taken up with a strange cowpoke that just drifted in from nowhere? Cowpokes are always drifting. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them. Whitey Talmadge was a cowpoke. You didn't beep when Mary used to go out with him. I know Whitey. He's okay. You never heard of him getting in any trouble, did you? Well, no, I... You keep suggesting that Jennings had been in trouble, though. All I know is he sure could have been. You got a reason for thinking so? The way he acted. You always seemed scared. About what? How should I know? Scared, that's all. A few times he asked me if I'd ever seen a tall, dark fellow around town. Stranger. You ever ask anybody else about that? I don't know. That all there was to it? Why'd he ask you, especially? I don't know, I tell you. I guess it was because, well, I work on and off at the paint store near the Continental Trailways Depot. Maybe he figured that I'd notice people getting off the buses. You think he was afraid somebody was after him? Is that it? You figure it out. That's why I never wanted him around Mary. There was something wrong. You ever tell him how you felt? Yeah, I told him. What'd he say? He told me to mind my own business. Well, did you? Wasn't much else I could do, was there? I reckon Mary's old enough to pick her own bows. You and Jennings ever have a fight? Of course not. Where were you last night? Between 7 and 8 o'clock. Me? Well, let me see. Uh... Oh, I, I was at Whitey's place. I thought you said this fellow Whitey was a cowpoke. He got a place of his own? Yeah, Jace. He stopped punching cattle about a year ago. Bought a small place way out by Rocky Mason. Uh, land out there isn't worth much. Still, he must have saved his money. No, he, he just hit it lucky once. Gambling. Uh, look, I told you all I knew. I better get back to my sister. All right, go ahead. You boys take a set of fingerprints from Jennings' body, Sheriff? Yeah, why? I want to shoot a copy of them through to Austin. They're at my office. You think Jennings might have had a record? Might have, whether he had one or not. We'll have to check back on him as far as we can. Looking for what? The tall, dark man that Bud says Jennings was so worried about. In just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. It is absolutely imperative that our armed forces have an adequate reserve of blood plasma at all times. The only answer to this crisis is you, the American people, who have never failed in such an emergency. 
The Department of Defense urges every one of us to contribute blood plasma. Blood cannot be manufactured or cultivated. It must be given by human beings to save a life. Make an appointment right away to donate a pint of your blood. Then know in your heart that you have saved a life. We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers. And tonight's case, Wild Crop. An authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers. I spent the next day drifting around the countryside asking questions about Jennings. Anybody who'd known him had the same answer. A nice, quiet fellow. Got a few other interesting bits of information, too, before I got back to the sheriff's office at about sundown. Oh, howdy, Jace. Sheriff, anything come in for me? Yeah, about an hour ago, just after you called me from the Saunders ranch. I called back, but they said you'd left. What do you got? The reports from Austin. I wrote everything down here. Hmm. You were right about that blood. Good thing you took a couple of samples from that ground out there. Yeah. One type A. That matches the medical examiner's typing on Jennings. The other sample was type O. Too bad it wasn't the other way around. Type O is very common. The other report doesn't help much. The fingerprint check? Yeah, Jennings didn't have a record. Didn't seem to be running from anything either. Report says he wrote to friends on his last job, place where he worked before he came here, and asked them to pass his address around and have people write to him here. Sure left himself wide open to be followed by that tall, dark man. Yeah, there wasn't any tall, dark man. You sound pretty sure. I was sure before I ever read this report. You know old man Crandall? Runs the newsstand in the bus depot? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was one of the people I saw today. Jennings used to buy his tobacco there. Crandall liked him. They were pretty friendly. Crandall was right there to see every bus that came in. Jennings ever ask him about a stranger? No. Never asked anybody else I could find either. Never asked anybody but Bud Adams. Funny he should ask the one person who didn't like him. Yeah, mighty funny. To your knowledge, Sheriff, has Bud Adams ever been in a hospital around here? I don't know, J.C. Must have been in one in the Army, though. Come home with a medical discharge. Fine, that'll do. Hello, operator. I want long distance, please. Get me Texas Ranger Headquarters, Camp Mabry, Austin. Yes, sir. One moment, please. What are you after, Jace? A check of Bud's army record. I want to get his blood type. Austin dug up the answer in an hour. Bud Adams was blood type O. It fit. It wasn't enough to grab him, but it was enough to take us out to the Adams place for a few more questions. Mary Adams was there, more composed than she'd been at the funeral parlor. And somebody else was there, too. Whitey Talmage. We were introduced. Glad to meet you, Ranger. Thanks. Your brother around, Miss Adams? He went out to the shed and back a while ago. I don't know what's keeping him so long. Oh, he said he had something to fix. Oh. Well, I reckon you want to talk to these people, Mary. I just stopped by to tell you how sorry I am about the way things turned out for you. Thanks, Whitey. Don't rush off on our account, Whitey. Bud's the one we want to see. Sure, stay put. Well, you can go through the house and out the back. Fine. Come on, Jay. Oh, uh, Whitey, Mr. Talmadge. Yeah? Understand you used to be a cowpoke. Yeah. You ever ride in the rodeo up at Abilene? Abilene? No. I kind of thought I saw you up there once. A fellow named Whitey rode for a ranch from this section. Looked something like you. Wasn't me. Understand you got your own place now. Yeah. I bet it beats riding for somebody else. It sure does. And yeah, Bud told us about it today. 
Oh? Must have taken you about ten years to save that much money on a cowpoke salary. Yeah, it was rough going. Yeah, well, I get talking about spreads and I forget what I came here for. Come on, Sheriff. Flushed something there, Jason. Uh, maybe not. Bud said Whitey bought his place with gambling money. Uh, we're lawmen. Maybe Whitey didn't want to admit that to us. Then what'd you rope him for? If he used to go with a girl, he's moving back into the picture mighty fast. Here's the old carriage, Shed. <laughs> sure dark in here. Uh, light a match. Nobody here. No, but there was less than a minute ago. Is that a back door? Yeah. Figure he ducked out there? Maybe. We can catch him. No. Don't let him think we want to chase him. Better drop that match and light another one. What are you sniffing at? Still a little smoke in here. So, Bud was smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Old jacket on the hook here. Wonder if it's his. It is. I've seen him wearing it. Recently? Mm-hmm. On and off. Good. Douse the match. I want to take this with me. What for? To send through to the lab at Austin. Well, what are you going to have him look for? Man's cigarettes generally leave a few crumbs in the seams of his pockets. I'm kind of curious about the brand that Bud smokes. Must be the cheapest brand from the smell of a smoke in here. That's what I was smelling. If I'm right, Sheriff, it's not cheap. It's expensive. In more ways than one. That smoke smells like marijuana. I shipped the jacket through to Austin on the night plane, and we had a telephone report shortly before dawn. Tobacco grains in Bud's pocket showed traces of cannabis sativa, the hemp leaf from which marijuana is made. You look like you struck oil, Jason. I did. That was it. Marijuana? No doubt about it. Man who smokes that stuff could turn killer in a minute. We better pick Bud up. On what charge? Possession of narcotics. Not enough for that. Bud could say other people wore the jacket. You mean we gotta sit here and let a hophead get away with murder? No. We're going to the source. Find out where he got the stuff. Well, there's none of it growing around here. He must be getting it from across the border. I don't think so. Where do you figure? This spread Whitey Talmadge bought up near Rocky Mesa. Was there a house on the land? No, he had to build himself a place. Reckon his shack's the only one up there. Sure, it's the only one. The land there is dirt cheap. Because it's no good for grazing, no good for cattle, and you can't raise a crop on it. Only thing that'd grow up there is a weed. And that's what marijuana is, a weed. I should have wondered why a couple could buy land up there. What are we waiting for? Come on. I'm towing a double horse trailer on my car. You can load your pony in with charcoal. We'll drive as close to Rocky Mesa as we can get, and the ponies can take us up to Whitey's Spread. Walk through your pony steps, Jace. This is rough country. Which way is the place? I don't know. We'll have to comb for it. Ride around the mesa. It's near the base someplace. Must be over there. Where? Off to the right. See the smoke coming up? Yeah. Whitey must be home if he's got a fire going. We ought to be just in time for breakfast. And he won't feel much like feeding us. Hey, cut over this way. It's like better footing for the pony. Right. Get up, sir. Get over there. Sheriff. What, Jace? That's no cooking fire. Look. Look at all that smoke. Yeah, there's a regular cloud of it. What do you make of that? Whitey got scared. I think his crop's going up in smoke before we can get to it. Come on, pound leather. Up, Shark. 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 
I ran in, Sheriff. Ooh, 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 boy. What is it? Fresh tracks here. Look. Two horses. Came this far and then turned back toward the mesa. Now, why? Look in the direction we came from and you'll see why. Road's in clear view from this point. Our car shows right down the slope between those rocks. Bud must have come back here with Whitey last night. They were riding down this morning and spotted us. Might have seen us taking the horses out of the trailer. Come on. Let's see if we can save anything from that fire. Get up, Charlie. Up, boy. Come on. Took them a little time to ride back and fire that stuff, Jace. They can't be far off. They can be a million miles off if we can't get some evidence to pin on them. They... Hey. There they are now. Where? Over to the right, past the smoke. On the ponies, see them? Yeah, but what do we do now? You head for the fire. If you can get a clump of that stuff that isn't completely burned, grab it. Then come after me. Well, where are you going? After him. Come on, Chuck. Yes, boy. They saw me coming and they split up. I had to make a fast decision. I had a feeling they were both in on the murder of Jennings, but all we had on them was a marijuana charge. I cut after Bud. He was my best bet for one reason. Growers like Whitey Talmage might not smoke the stuff. But I knew Bud did. And the ones who smoke it are the shakiest. I caught him just before he reached the road. Better rain in, Bud. Rain in, boy, or I'll stop you with a bullet. And stop that pony. Ah, that's better. Now get off with your hands over your head. I ain't got a gun. Just keep him up anyhow. Whoa, whoa, Charky. Now stand still while I dig out your cigarettes. I ain't got any. I, I tell you, I ain't got any. No? What are these? You ought to smoke the kind they sell in stores. These look kind of homemade. They're, they're whitish. Whitey would have burned them like everything else is burning back there. But you couldn't resist sneaking a few, could you? Why'd you chase me? Why don't you go after him? I'll tell you why. Because there was somebody else's blood on the ground besides Jennings. Type O blood. Your type. No. You killed him, bud. No, no. Give me them cigarettes. I gotta have them. Sure you gotta have them, but you couldn't buy them, could you? Not enough money. What kind of a deal did you make? Did Whitey promise you a lifetime supply for killing Jennings so he could have your sister? I didn't. I didn't do it. I didn't. I suppose you didn't smoke this stuff either. Let me alone. Why don't you let me alone? I should have seen it in your eyes the first time I saw you. Whitey's gonna be free. He's burned everything we had on him. He'll be all right. But you're going to jail for possession, bud. And whether we convict you or not, you're gonna stand trial for murdering Jennings. Your blood was found on that ground, too. Your blood. Why did you kill him? Not me. Why did you kill him? Don't lie. You hit him with something hard. What was it? It was Whitey. He had brass knuckles. I didn't want to kill him. Whitey was just going to beat him. Beat on his face. All right, bud. You hear that, Sheriff? I sure did. Everything was burned up out there, Jason. I grabbed what I could. That's all right. We won't need the marijuana charge. Hold him. I'll meet you later where we left the car. You going after Whitey? Yeah, he cut south over the mesa when they split. There's no roads down there. That's all Big Bend country, right on to the Rio Grande. He's heading for the border. Don't worry, Sheriff. I'll make sure he never gets there. Up, Charky. Up. It was up to the horses, and I had the best. I raked charcoal all the way once I picked up the trail. A clear trail in the mixture of alkali and sand. In less than an hour, I had a dust cloud to follow. Then I saw Whitey and his pony through the haze. The pony stumbled, almost fell. Whitey went off. He ran for a clump of mesquite and dropped behind it. Whoa, whoa, boy. That's smart, Ranger. You better stay there. Whitey, if you're smart, you'll surrender. Listen to me, Ranger. I'll make you a deal. Try it. I got some dough. Almost 
thousand bucks. Maybe you found a little evidence back there, and maybe you didn't. Take the money and let's call it even. You're forgetting another little charge, Whitey. You killed a man. Why so quiet? Don't you want to make a deal on that one? You're bluffing. Am I? Bud spilled it all. Brass knuckles aren't going to do you any good now. Take the money, Ranger. If I killed one man, I got nothing to lose killing another one. Is it a deal? I'll tell you. As soon as I deliver you to the warden at Huntsville or the county morgue. Now take your pick, Whitey. Because I'm coming for you. I'll take this. Looks like you picked yourself a low card, mister. With Whitey Talmadge dead, Bud Adams entered a plea of guilty of murder in the second degree. On July 8, 1948, he was sentenced to the Texas State Penitentiary at Huntsville for a term of 50 years. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Joel McRae is currently seen starring in the Universal International Technicolor production, Cattle Drive. The cast included Tony Barrett, Sam Edwards, Barney Phillips, Parley Bear, and Michael Ann Barrett. Technical advisor was Captain M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez of the Texas Rangers. This story was transcribed and adapted by Joel Murcott, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keats. Hal Gibney speaking. It's the Silver Jubilee on NBC. Next, hear The Big Show with guest stars including Fred Allen, Maxine Sullivan, Jack Pearl, Yule Brenner, Gertrude Berg, Portland Hoffa, and your charming hostess, Tallulah Bankhead. Then enjoy mirth and music with Phil Harris and Alice Faye. Later, Theater Guild on the Air features Claudette Colbert and Gregory Ratoff in 20th Century. Yes, for the best in radio programming, stay tuned to NBC. The NBC radio network is now entering its second quarter century as a great entertainment medium. Next, it's The Big Show. All this and Tallulah 2 on NBC. Welcome back. Well, a good episode and an illustration of the folly of making up stories for the police because they will check on them. Unless you're planning to quietly make a run for the border and never return while they're checking, there's really not much point of making something up there about being afraid of some dark stranger. Though when people make up these stories, they think that they can uh, fool the police, which, you know, turns out to be their undoing. Also, you kind of get a picture of the challenge that police had with physical evidence and even blood evidence 
before DNA. Because unless it was like type AB blood, it doesn't really put you with anything close to a slam dunk case. Now, of course, with DNA, we can narrow that down quite a bit more. But DNA evidence uh, takes uh, quite a bit of time for the testing to actually be finished. All right, well, now we turn to some listener comments and feedback. And I actually did not finish an email from yesterday. I was reading the email from Robert, and I answered his question about Eddie Dunstetter and the organ uh, music on Johnny Dollar. And I said I was going to get to the second part of his email, but I never did. So I'm sorry, I did actually email him after I recorded that. Let's get to the second part of Robert's email here. Also, recently I watched an episode of Sherlock Holmes on Video Theater, which featured Uh, Ronald Howard as Sherlock Holmes. Was this Ronald Howard possibly related to Ron Howard that we know as Opie Taylor from The Andy Griffith Show and also happens to be a very accomplished film director? Any information that you can provide would be greatly appreciated. Well, uh, thanks for your question on that, Robert. And no, there is not actually any relation, as far as I can tell, between Ronald Howard and Ron Howard. However, Ronald Howard is related to another famous Howard, and that is the great British actor Leslie Howard, who was Ronald Howard's father. Uh, Ron Howard's father uh, was named Rance Howard. However, he changed that for professional purposes from his birth name, Harold Engel Beckenholt. But I have to admit that I had that thought of Ronald Howard and Ron Howard as well the first time that I watched the 1954 Sherlock Holmes series. And then I also have a question from Mark uh, regarding the Lost Told Tale special. How slash why did Mark Dillon become Matt Dillon? Any idea? Well, thanks for the question, Mark. And I can definitely understand your interest in it. I found a section that was on Google Books from Charles Tranberg's book, William Conrad, A Life and Career, that was published in 2018. And essentially, uh, Norm MacDonald, uh, who would later be the producer of Gunsmoke and... John Meston, who would be the script editor, were not involved in the pilot. Around the time that the pilot was being made, they approached CBS and said they had an idea for an adult western, but CBS said they were already pursuing uh, something like that. And so that's where it lay until 1952. And then in 1952... You know, CBS suddenly had a vacancy in its uh, Saturday schedule. They needed something to fill it. And they reached out to Norm MacDonald. And they said, we would like you to produce and to direct this series. And we need it in a week. It'll be called Gunsmoke. And your hero will be named Mark Dillon. And so MacDonald and Meston brought Walter uh, Brown Newman on to write the series, and they had made uh, recordings of two other 
episodes they'd done for Escape and Romance, which captured the sort of style they wanted for Gunsmoke. And they said, and I'm quoting the book now, this is the style, this is the color, this is the feel. And they really didn't give any other guidelines. Uh, they just wanted authenticity, and Meston would ensure that that happened. And then once Newman came on, uh, Meston uh, told him one other thing, and that was that while he was fine with Dylan as a last name, they were going to change the name of the lead character to Matt. And according to the book, Meston believed that Mark was too contemporary of a name and felt it out of place in the 1870s. And I have to admit that on reading that, that seems very silly. I mean, you could go through the records of the Old West and you could find thousands of Marks. And of course, you know, the most famous Mark of all, Mark Twain, was very much alive during that time. Now, it's true that Mark Twain was a pseudonym and his given name is Samuel Clements. But people weren't like, oh, Mark Twain, that's obviously made up. Nobody calls their children Mark because, of course, that is a name. It's a strong, short name. It's a Bible name. And it's not one of those obscure ones. I mean, if you have a character named Zephaniah, that is probably tied to a specific era. But on the other hand, I can kind of see Meston's point. Because both in real life and in then modern fiction, the name Mark was having something of a moment. You know, you had Mark Trail, you had Mark Donovan in The Adventures of Frank Rice. You had a wide variety of different action heroes named Mark. And it was a very popular baby name for quite some time. Into the 1950s and 60s, 70s and 80s, I was looking at a list of famous and powerful Marks in the world. And thinks about Mark Zuckerberg and Mark Cuban and Mark Wahlberg. And there just were not nearly as many famous Marks from the uh, 19th century. So I can see how he felt it was modern, even though it really wasn't. It was just more common at that time than it would have been in the 1870s. Was it strictly necessary? Probably not. But at the end of the day, Meston co-created one of the most iconic programs of all time. So it's hard to second guess. And even as someone who is not a huge Westerns fan, it is weird for me to hear the series with Mark Dillon. Because I know that it should be Matt. Because that's just the way it is. So right or wrong, Meston made the call. The rest is history. Now let's go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Josh, Patreon supporter since June of 2021, currently supporting the program at the Shamus level of $4 or more per month. Thanks so much for your support, Joshua. And that will actually do it for today. A reminder, if you are not subscribed to the podcast, you can subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts, whether that is TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, or the Amazon Music page at 
uh, Amazon.com slash OTR Detectives. We will be back next Saturday with another episode of Tales of the Texas Rangers. But join us back here on Monday for hard-boiled action with Sam Spade, where... <coughs> hey, oh, hey, what'll that be? Something for a little woman? Uh, where do I find Mr. Otter? You the law? Uh, Leo sent me. He's in his office. Come on. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't crowd me. You say you want to see the boss? On business. Stop nudging me with a rod. In there, hey. Move. Okay, okay. Hey, uh, boss. Yes, Woody? Here's uh, Joe here to see you. Leo sent him. Well, nudge him in, Woody. No nudging, Woody. Well, well, well. So Leo's sending a man to see me. I wonder why. If you'll uh, comb this character here out of my hair, I'll try and tell you. Sit down, Woody. Mm. Thanks. You're new in town. Uh, yeah, that's why Leo sent me. A local muckraker named Ray McCulley interviewed you. He also interviewed Leo, but it didn't get printed yet. Uh, Leo wants to find him. So do I. How can I help? Well, uh, he walked out of here, went to his hotel, wrote the story, and mailed it in. That's the last anybody's seen of him. Uh, Leo was just sort of hoping that you'd already taken care of him. Not yet. That's all I wanted to know. Thanks. Just a moment. Yeah? Leo sending you out alone? Why not? That's a tough boy, that McCulley. He's got plenty of protection. That's what you need. What kind of protection? Go along with him, Woody. Who, me? You're Woody, aren't you? Now, look, uh, look, Mr. Otter. I don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth, but the way I see it, this is a, a lone wolf-type caper. Hey, what's the matter, hey? You think I'm too good for you? Well, Woody, I wouldn't say that. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.